0: Welcome to Tinto Talks, the hub of all things perinatal. My name's Octavia and I will be talking about all things pregnancy-related and beyond. We'll be covering specialist topics from experts in the field and collect a spectrum of real-life stories from parents who've been there and done that. Our aim is to offer unbiased, evidence-based information but also shed light on the joys and challenges of parenthood to support each unique journey, There really is something here for everyone. Finally, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, let us know. But in the meantime, sit back, relax and prepare to feel supported, inspired and informed. We're now going to meet Karen, our second mother planning a home birth. She has a very pragmatic and evidence-based approach to her decision making which is a real contrast to Ruby's more natural and instinctive desire to home birth. I hope you enjoy. So basically this is going to be part of our birth stories so we're going to be talking to um you and another mother ruby um who are obviously pregnant (laughs) and um you guys are in my antenatal class and we've just done a an interview with um, a couple of midwives um about how to choose your birthplace and then it just happens that there's two of you in the class who are thinking about um having a home birth, which is quite unusual i think well it is very unusual actually From the interview, um, it came up that it was um, less than one percent of first-time mothers have a home birth, which is pretty low. So, but you know, it doesn't. It, the stats about kind of how it, uh, how the birth will progress is they're all very even across the field. Um, so, you know, there's no particular reason why it should be so low. So yeah, so I thought what would be really interesting is just talking to you today about your, how your pregnancy is and then how you came to the decision and then the research that you've done. So do you want to give us a little introduction about who you are and uh, how many weeks you are, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yes, yeah, um, so I'm Karen, I'm 36 years old. This is my first pregnancy. Um, and I am now 30, no, 29 weeks pregnant. Um, it <laughs> <laughs> um and as a I guess because I feel it is relevant I am a vet and so I come from a very sciencey background and I'm always looking for evidence um kind of in decisions that I make in my job and I guess I've kind of applied the same to my pregnancy as well yeah. um it was kind of an intended pregnancy as as in we wanted kids but we didn't quite realize it would happen as quickly as it did um so i think when i first went to see the midwife um for my booking appointment i was perhaps a little bit shell-shocked and had definitely not given any thought to um where i wanted to um give birth or even what the options were Mm. and looking back she asked me at the time, kind of, have you thought about where you want to give birth? And I literally thought it was a decision between hospitals. Um, Because where we live, there are like, there are a number of hospitals, big hospitals quite close to us. Um, And so I I literally thought that's what she was asking, as in which hospital. And uh, I'd kind of, after a brief discussion with my husband, who's a doctor and who's worked at a few of the local hospitals, we kind of came to the decision that we would go for our local hospital because it's literally three minutes up the road and um, it's a little bit smaller than the big tertiary centre which is a bit further away um, and so he thought maybe it might be a nicer experience just in that they might have a bit more time and it might be a bit less bustly than the bigger hospital down the road.
0: It's really interesting that you say that the other interview that we did we were talking about how long that discussion is that you have with the midwives and it's really interesting that you didn't even understand the question she was <laughs> asking. <laughs>
1: no. I know it's like which hospital? I didn't, <laughs> didn't think it was a question of kind of whether you wanted to give birth on a labour ward or a midwife led um, didn't even go through it with you. No but you know that maybe that's my fault for being unprepared as well I don't know I just or maybe I was just too shell-shocked because I felt like there was so much other stuff that i needed to know at that appointment i don't
0: know now i think the 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 the, the gist i got from when talking to the midwives was that you know they're under a lot of time constraints there's a lot to go through in that appointment or even you know every appointment and all these checklists they've got to go through and having a lengthy discussion about all of your birth options and birthplace options and you know what that means for you um and you know how that's relevant to you as an individual there it's you know it's a long conversation it's not a little hey so yeah. what, home birth or hospital you know <laughs> no,
1: no <laughs> the community midwife was absolutely lovely but every appointment that I've had I've definitely felt there's been some time pressure there mm-hmm. um and you're right there is like there are so many other things but she needs to tell me and that I want to ask as well. And maybe I just came across as already being very decided because I was like, yes, this hospital. And so maybe it felt like I'd already considered maybe. all the options, whereas I really hadn't. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, and then, then what happened after that? What's, what was the next process? So then I guess I, <laughs> I was <laughs> part of your class and you asked one of the, the girls kind of what her plans were. And she said home birth, to which my initial reaction, I have to admit, would always be like recoil and that that was a terrible idea and really dangerous. And coming from a very sciencey background, like hospitals don't freak me out at all. I would be quite at home in a hospital. And then I think you asked me what my plan was. And I was like, well, just hospital. And I suddenly realized I hadn't thought anything about it and didn't really know anything about it. So then, I just started talking to a few friends who have had babies um, about their experiences, um, including yourself, um, because you're the only person I know that has had an elective caesarean. And I was really interested to know kind of your reasons behind that, and also again because big operations and such don't scare me. I perform them every day. We'll be on animals, like. If, if there was research to say that that was actually safer for mother and baby to take away all the variability that comes with natural birth and just have something planned in that is really regulated and such, then I would absolutely consider that. So then I started off down the path of kind of investigating elective caesareans, trying to find research about it, about risk and such. And that then kind of set me off on this whole big um, like learning curve, really, that mainly through reading about why people would want an elective cesarean um, in terms of trying to avoid risks of tears or interventional births or whatever, I then suddenly realised that there is a, a bit of a, I don't know whether it, what you would call it really, just a an idea that perhaps births in the UK and the Western world have become too medicalised, medicalized yeah. that kind of perhaps all these interventions are happening not just because that's been proven to be the safest way but perhaps because of the actual situation and the effect of being in hospital. Really.
0: Well this is what was so interesting again when we were talking about it with the midwives is that the best outcomes of um, all the different options happen in the standalone midwife units yes. um, and uh, in terms of unassisted vaginal birth um, you know not needing epidurals or blood transfusions everything, and um when you kind of get down into the nitty gritty of the science about, you know, the natural process of birth, you need to be in that calm, quiet kind of environment to... You know, allow the chemicals to do what they need to do to allow the body to relax, to kind of get the right yeah. contractions so that you don't end up kind of going into that reversal of labor. Um, and as soon as you put yourself into a hospital situation, those, you know, things just change all the time. So, and I think fear is a huge drive for women, or, or it's a huge factor, should I say, in women who are pregnant. You know, it's the unknown and it is really scary. And look, at the end of the day, it hurts, you know, like there's no safe, well, the well yeah there's no safe and quick and easy way of getting a baby out like it's it's gonna hurt one way or the other (laughs) do you know what I mean but um I think it's really yeah it's having a good read about it and understanding why you would choose to have those sorts of things and also the impact of having an elective or having a natural birth like what that means in in both um, settings is really important
1: yeah I think I found it surprising how little evidence there is out there. When I thought about how many births there are in the UK yep. and how my basic understanding of it is that, you know, all that data should be available in the NHS somewhere for somebody just to easily mine and produce information on. But mm-hmm. it's really not there, which is,
0: personal, is rather than, you know, randomly controlled trials. You can't you can't do a double blinded study yeah. on pregnant women and you know it's unethical and but you I I guess every single person is an individual and that's why there is an evidence because there's always this how often do you get somebody with exactly the same you know socioeconomic background uh you know labor birth pregnancy everything you know like it's just really difficult to compare so you don't get that you know 100 people with exactly the same
1: yeah yeah but even trying to tease apart the outcomes for elective caesarean from all caesareans is really hard and maybe that's because elective caesareans are still quite rare Mm. um, or relatively rare but i just couldn't find the data you know and then so what then put me off a little bit is that you read certain things that say oh your baby's slightly more likely to grow up with eczema or asthma or whatever Mm. but again they're not separating those elective caesareans from all caesareans so maybe if you've got all caesareans on average babies are born a bit more premature or there's so many other factors Um, but yeah then in my reading I did find two really good papers um, that have just been published in the Lancet I think kind of April this year and they were looking essentially at people specifically like me so first-time mothers considering or they phrase it as intending to have a home birth um so it discounts the people that then can't have a home birth ultimately and end up in hospital um but they then showed that the outcomes essentially were that it was just as safe for the baby to Mm -hmm. for the for that group of mothers to have a home birth Um, and lots of benefits for the mother as well in terms of less interventions and such
0: And also, you're, you're in a win-win situation. Like The hospital is literally like two minutes from your house. So, you know, yeah, I think that you that really, walk there if you really had to. <laughs>
1: I think that really reassures me that, you know, and I'm very accepting of the fact that if they turn around, like either before I even go into labour or in labour and say, look, we're not happy, then I will ha- very happily go into hospital. I'm trying not to get too hung up on birth being one way because lots of people have said to me that's a surefire way to end up disappointed and probably to increase your stress levels when you're actually in labour if you're suddenly thinking oh all well, my plan is unraveling and such so yeah,
0: i think this is one of the key things that i always try and say to people and and that you know I think hopefully people try and encourage mothers to, to think about is that, you know, it's, 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 you know, have a plan, but have a loose plan and, you know, have an idea of. I, I always think it's about kind of what you, I mean, even that doesn't really, I was going to say what you don't want, but even, you know, a lot of people don't want, you know, I didn't want an epidural, but you can end up having one because actually, you know, you get to the point and you just need it, you know. So I think it's just being, I think being informed is the most important thing about all of the things, all of the, you know, possibilities that could, happen and what that means to you and for you and then to be able to make an informed decision and also have your partner really on board with that so that when you're not in a you know in the position to kind of make a decision they know what your what your wishes are you know they're yeah. able to be your voice how's um how has Dickie your husband uh, taken the news of uh, the planned home birth
1: better than I thought because I think he started where I started in the surely hospital's got to be the safest option and kind of home birth is a bit hippie and we're not at the end of the spectrum at all but actually he was like he was very on board with the I think we, he kind of went through the same thought process I did when I showed him yeah scientific papers about it
0: and um have you done anything to prepare for it so are you kind of doing any hypnobirthing or positive birthing kind of yeah Awesome.
1: So I've read a hypnobirthing book um and I've actually just um signed up to do like an online hypnobirthing thing I'm not sure it's all of it's um, me <laughs> but I'm prepared to uh, like look into it again I think there's something behind it I think you know the thought processes again about trying to stay Relax trying to promote oxytocin production as such, that really makes sense to me and so it 's not it 's not hippie waffle, but some of the stuff is a bit too. Uh, far-fetched sounds cool but
0: you know also it's, it's about the environment it's about you know the fact that you're not going to have to transfer to hospital that in itself is a huge thing like imagine well you will be in the throes of labor you know and then suddenly you've just got to like stop everything and get into a car and then even though it's only down the road it's still like very disruptive and that's what the one of the midwives Ailey was talking about was about how you know it, it's it's the lighting it's the the, the mood, you know, everything about it. You know, when you look at animals, how they, where they go to give birth, they go into, you know, a nice, cozy, safe place. And if it's not like that, they won't give birth. Yeah. yeah. I
1: think the other thing that has perhaps swung my decision is just understanding kind of how good, certainly in my area, the home birth team are, yeah. and that they really make an effort to allow you to get to know your midwife. in the run-up to the birth and that there's a very good chance that it will be that midwife that attends you in labour which Mm. i think kind of to me is a massive bonus and i think again research suggests that having a midwife you know Mm. is really beneficial for you just because you're 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 again relaxed in their company
0: um so that was going to be my next question how much have you seen the midwife because obviously we're in uh lockdown
1: i think um Personally, there's been no difference to the antenatal care I've received in light of coronavirus, other than um, kind of when I've attended appointments lately, they've had to be on my own. Um, but the, since I had made the decision to go for home birth and they've which means that now I switch to the home birth team of midwives and they come to me rather than me seeing the community midwife at my GP surgery. Um, but the the home birth midwives are still coming out so now all of my future midwife appointments will be the midwife coming out to me and maybe I just got her on a lucky day but the when she came she spent an hour and a half with me an appointment and that that was just really to take blood and to measure my mum's (laughs) yeah exactly well she didn't have a cup of tea because she wasn't allowed to take a mask off but the the difference in obviously the amount of time that they have was incredible and it's really nice to know that I will see her for every appointment now and there's a a good chance that she'll be one of the two that comes out um, if home birth goes to plan.
0: And have you thought about doulas or um, is Dicky getting involved in the positive birthing kind of plans and mindsets?
1: I haven't twisted his arm yet. <laughs> um, he was list- overhearing me listening to a, um, an online thing that the positive birthing company ran the other day. He was like, I heard what I've got to do. I've got to feed you snacks and <laughs> give you words of encouragement. And the doula may to find out what a doula was. And at that stage, I was very much on the, on the elective cesarean front. Um, and having briefly spoken to Tiki afterwards, he felt almost like a doula would take his role away. Mm. Um, so we haven't really considered it again since also i think there are still some restrictions about how many birth partners you can have at the moment i maybe that doesn't count at home I'm
0: not sure at home if that still counts everything changes weekly doesn't it you know yeah. it's starting to kind of come back to normal a bit more which is great amazing have you um, has there ever been any points where the um midwives have said that you
1: might not be able to have a home birth or is it all still thumbs up so i guess it's only been about a month since i've actually kind of made this decision and I've only seen the, the home birth midwife once and the result of my latest blood test was that I'm very slightly anemic and my platelets are very slightly low and she did say if your platelets keep dropping then there is a cutoff, kind of under which they wouldn't advise you to have a home birth so that's the only thing oh and at the moment the baby's the wrong way up but I think like mm-hmm. it's still got ages to turn around yet so no I'm kind of aware that there are things that might take the decision out of my hands and i can almost feel myself getting a bit disappointed about that already kind of hoping that it doesn't happen but
0: And so have you thought about um looking at a midwife-led unit if like because there's there are some um very there's a really good one in the new forest i think um...
1: yeah so that i think again having now understood the importance of kind of calm environments and such that would now be my next choice because again I'm still considered low risk I don't have any other health conditions or anything luckily the only downside for us is that that is a significant drive compared to hospital <laughs> so that's going to be the choice I have to make if home birth isn't a possibility whether I want to accept the longer drive but get a midwife led unit over oh, and <laughs> drive to hospital <laughs> who
0: knows what their labour's going to be like, you know, some, like, a good friend of mine had her baby. I think the first one was in four hours and the second one was in two. So, you know, you think that you're going to have a long labour for the first one, but that's not necessarily yeah. the
1: case. So it's just going to hope yeah. for the best. Like, like, I certainly went through a few weeks of actually feeling really stressed about this decision, mm-hmm. um, and so just tackled it in the usual way that I do of just reading lots of stuff about it. And actually now I've made a decision and I feel a bit more informed. I actually feel quite excited about it. Of course, of course. It's
0: exciting. Gosh, okay, well, thank you so much for coming on uh, Tinto Talks to talk to us about it and um, tell your story. And yeah, we can't wait to meet the babe.
1: No, I know. Still crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
0: we're good. Thanks so much.
1: All right, it's a pleasure. See you soon.
0: Bye.